0: You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
2: As we welcome you along to the programme, would you be surprised in any way to hear that March was the wettest for the, on record for the last 83 years? And this is just according to provisional statistics that are out from Met Aaron during last month. millimetres of rain fell across Ireland. It doesn't surprise me at all. Matt Aaron said the previous record had been held for the wettest March was in 2019. And March, of course, followed what was the fourth driest February Ever recorded. Record Some parts of the country witnessed the driest February in more than half a century. And we had such a dry February, we were ever hopeful that we were really going to have the start of a very nice dry spring. And then March came along, and whoop! It just forgot to stop uh, raining. Now, there will be more rain, as I mentioned there in the forecast, for the uh, afternoon and it will spread uh, to most areas early uh, tonight. And there will be rain tomorrow. But Thursday, the sunshine is going to return. And Erin are saying Thursday is going to be a pleasant spring day. (laughs) And bring it on. That's what we need. Lots of pleasant spring days. John Paul taking your calls this morning. 0818 103 103 Text or WhatsApp oh eight six two one zero three one zero three. All this week, we are of course giving you a chance to win with the racing home for Easter Festival at the Mallow uh, Racecourse. It's on from next Saturday, Easter Saturday, the eighth of April, runs across the weekend, three days of racing up to Monday, the tenth of uh, April. There'll be live music. Sunday is the big one for the ladies because the most stylish ladies' event is held on the Easter Sunday and if you're planning on bringing the children along for a family day out then the Monday is a must for you because it's a family fun race day. Every day this week we've got tickets to uh, give away. It's a pair of tickets to go racing on the Easter Sunday and then what happens all of our daily prize winners will go into a hat on Friday and we'll make a draw and one of the daily prize winners will have their prize uh, upgraded and theirs will, their prize then will include admission tickets to racing on the uh, Sunday a race card a reserved table at the restaurant out at the racetrack where you'll enjoy a four course meal overlooking the track and then following your day at the races you get an overnight stay for two in Springford Hall Country House Hotel and that course is located just 10 minutes away from the race course that is a cracker of a prize like yesterday you're listening out for this sound effect
0: and they're off
2: Now, I will play that one more time today. When you hear it, you'll need to text or WhatsApp your name and address to 0862 103. 103 and you could be coming today's winner and guaranteeing yourself tickets for two for racing on Easter Sunday. Tickets, by the way, are available at corkracecourse.ie. 0818 103, 103 And we are now looking at more than 7,000 Households facing homelessness in the coming months, as it looks like landlords really are fleeing the rental market and they're doing it in their thousands. The latest figures coming from the Residential Tenancy Board, the RTB, show 7,348 households have eviction dates looming in the coming weeks and into the coming months. During the last During the last six months of last year, so from, say, July to December, 5,358, or that's 59% of all notices, were because the landlord intended on selling the property. Homeless charity, the Simon Community, says its organisation across the country particularly concerned that they are going to see homelessness grow in the coming weeks and months even beyond what is already a current shocking level. Even though the eviction ban kicked in at the end of October, landlords were still entitled and they were still able to issue eviction notices and then what just happened was the move out date was delayed because the ban was in place and this new data that's just been released from the Residential Tenancy Board It's obviously likely it's going to put intense pressure on the government and the government of course had vowed to move with legislation to give tenants first offer on buying properties that's if their landlord was deciding to sell up. The government expects though the new legislation will be passed by the summer but the summer could be too late for somebody whose eviction notice might be up in April, May or even into June. Simon Community say the measures to help uh, tenants even when the legislation has passed, it's going to take some time to uh, uh, to kick in. They say pulling away the safety net on the moratorium with 7,348 notices of termination looming over the next three months very difficult to justify. And that's a quote from Wayne Stanley, who is the executive director of the Simon community. Now, nearly two thirds of the notices to quit were because the landlord simply wants to sell the property for whatever reason. And you'd have to get on to individual landlords to see why. Some of them, of course, as somebody spoke about yesterday, could be people who bought property and they invested in a rental property as part And it would form their, not part of, but it would form their uh, pension pot. They're now coming of age. They need to cash in the pension pot. So they need to sell the property. So some of the landlords, that's what they will be doing. Then, of course, you've got the accidental landlords, people who never intended becoming a landlord, but they had no choice because they ended up buying a property that for whatever reason they had to move out of. They could have got into negative equity on that property. So they were waiting until the price on the housing market came up which it is. Up now, much better than it was, say, a number of years ago. So they now feel ready to sell their uh, property. Anyway, two thirds are going to sell the property. Then there's just over 16% say they've had to ask the tenant to leave the property because either they need to move back in or a family member n- needs to move back in. And then there's also just over 16% where tenants are being evicted as the tenant's obligations have been breached. So this is either antisocial behaviour has been going on, somebody hasn't been paying the rent. Or or maybe somebody has been thrashing the house and we've heard from landlords where that has happened uh, too. We've got bad landlords as we've had good landlords and it's the same with tenants. We've got really good tenants but we've got really bad tenants as well. A total of 43% of all the notices issued during October, November and December last year were in the Dublin area. Now this problem is much worse in Dublin than it is anywhere else but it's still not great uh, here in Cork. Nearly 11% uh, of the notices to quit were in Cork 6% were in Galway, which means we here in Cork, we had the second highest number of tenants been asked to move out of their properties. And if you do a breakdown on the numbers here in Cork already, this is already in emergency accommodation, people that are living in hotels, people are living in B&Bs, people that are living in hostels. We have 520 adults living in emergency accommodation in Cork City and County. And that was up to February of this year. Go dig further into those figures. 80 Families were included in that number. 149 children living in emergency accommodation. That's in the southwest region and that includes Cork and Kerry. And then you add to the numbers now that are facing homelessness because they have to leave their property and they literally can't find anywhere else to Live. So those numbers are going to go even higher. And of course, the worry is where is the emergency accommodation going to uh, come from? And of course, we have this tenant in situ scheme, and that encourages the local authorities to buy properties that are put up for sale by the landlord where there's an existing tenant in receipt of the housing assistance payment. So you can only hope that the the fact that the number is so high uh, of of the landlords who are saying the reason that we've asked our tenants to leave is we want to sell, some of those will be on a HAP payment. You can only keep your fingers crossed that the local authority will be able to move in and buy the property but there was a briefing yesterday a special council meeting of Cork City Council which showed that only three houses had been purchased by Cork City Council under the tenant in situ scheme and this is something that seems to be reflected around the country. The the tenant in situ scheme has been in for quite a few months but just the local authorities just, and I don't know what the reason is but they do seem to be very slow in purchasing these properties Now in defence of Cork City Council they do say a further 61 properties are under review which means between the 61 under review and the three that were purchased 64 households who had a valid notice to quit um, have been saved from entering homelessness uh, services to date but more needs to be done on that, more of those houses if somebody's on a HAP payment and the landlord decides to sell then the council needs to get working very quickly to purchase those properties. Michael on WhatsApp to 103 103 is referencing the Upfront programme with Katie Hannan last night. Now I haven't, I'm planning on watching it all this afternoon. I did watch some of it this morning. Quite, quite disturbing uh, the piece that I watched. But Michael writes uh, Patricia, hi, the men and women of Ireland should go down on their bended knee to thank Katie Hannan because only for her and her documentary Women of Honour, many more lives would have been destroyed in our so-called Called Defence Forces. Last night's story on her Upfront programme by the very brave Rosalind O'Callaghan was just heart-wrenching. She, like many more, had their young lives totally and utterly destroyed. And yes, I do know some of these ladies who have never been the same and never will be the same again, both mentally and physically. Likewise, men suffered horrendously at the hands of evil men. All of those who raped and bullied those men Men and women must be held to account for their actions, and it must be done in an open inquiry with their accusers standing in front of them. The public needs to see who these people are. It shouldn't be done behind a screen and everybody needs to be held accountable. So disturbing to watch last night. Again, a massive thanks to Katie Hannam. She did it for Sergeant Morris McCabe and now she's doing it for the Women of Honour and for the Women of Ireland. Uh, thanking you. And that's from uh, Michael. And actually, if you, if you didn't see the upfront programme, it is available on the player Now, if you want, if you want to watch it and uh, Rosalind O'Callaghan outlines in the programme of how she was uh, raped while she was serving as a private overseas back in the 1990s. But it was just when she reported it how she was subsequently treated I mean she ended up um, ha- having a post-traumatic stress disorder she was diagnosed with it and was never told that she had post-traumatic stress uh, disorder and bless her heart she had a suicide attempt in 2001 and, uh, one. and uh, it was then that she was uh, diagnosed with severe post-traumatic stress disorder but she had never been informed that that diagnosis had already been there many years previously with the Defence forces. So she ended up having to be discharged in 2017 but you know know, she spoke about that she knew for years there was something wrong with her because she said she couldn't interact uh, socially she just was going to work for the sake of going and she said she suffered for 15 years in uh, silence. A very very brave woman uh, speaking out uh, last night and we wish her nothing um, but good health going forward and we hope that by going public and talking about it it will be cathartic in some way and that she gets the help that she needs but it really really is shocking and Michael is right, is right. It is all back to uh, Katie Hannon because she started with that. It was a radio documentary on the women of honour and powerful, powerful uh, listening. 0818-103-103. And Stephen contacted us because he also watched the upfront with Katie Hannon uh, last night. But he's speaking in from the army point of view, from the male point of view and said, I was a corporal in the uh, army and I remember once being on a transport course in Collins barracks with eight other soldiers all of the soldiers were pirates I was only 19 and a half at the time but I was the highest ranking soldier in the room and was a non-commissioned officer one of the guys ripped off the cap off my head threw it on the ground and started shouting at me pick it up pick it up I could have charged him for insubordination but I knew that he had seven other bullies around him who would claim it would never happen and it would be my word against theirs I ended up having to pick up my cap and said nothing to the cheers of a mocking laugh. Bullying has been going on in the army long before women were allowed to join especially in billets which housed up to 15 privates living together if you were anyway weak or different you were the butt of many a cruel prank or joke and that's from Stephen who was formerly in the army. Thank you for that Stephen.
0: Email Patricia now with your story or comment. Cork today at C103.ie. You talk to me. Cork Today on C103.
2: Now I'm really hoping that our next piece doesn't put people off acting as a good Samaritan. And if you spot a fire, calling the fire service as quickly as possible. Goline resident Birgit Eager uh, joins me to share her uh, story. Good morning, Chi Birgit. Good morning. And you're very welcome. Now, it was a Gorse fire near your home in February. At what point did you decide that you needed to ring the fire service?
3: Well, the fire was very close to the house. There was still the road in between, but they were so high and so strong and the wind was so strong. So I I just couldn't predict if they come over or not. So I first talked to a local on the phone and uh, asked him what to do and he also advised me to, to really ring the fire brigade. And it wasn't the first the ti- it wasn't the first time. Last year I had the same situation and the house, the fire was even more close to the house. And um so I was really stressed it could happen again and yeah, I called the fire brigade. Yeah and, and it was the
2: right thing to do. And how quickly did a fire crew arrive?
3: Um well that's hard to say now because I was very excited as well. But they arrived Pretty quickly, yeah. I think 30 minutes later, something like that.
2: And how long did it take them to put out the fire? Uh,
3: it's also hard to say, but on the bill they say that they, um from 7 to 10.45, they were on the, I think they, they were, they um, they charged for the fire, being out, fire brigade being out. But I think they were out mostly one and a half hour because they... um. Then they went into the, into the countryside, I mean, into where the fire was. And I couldn't, I wasn't with them because I didn't want to go in because of the smoke. You, yeah. you can't You hardly breathe if, if the fire is so strong. So um, I think one and a half to two hours. OK. And that. then
2: a letter arrives from Cork yes. County Council yes. and not saying, well done, Birgit, for doing <laughs> no. your civic duty. <laughs> but it, no. it was a bill. It was a bill. It was a bill. And I couldn't believe it because first
3: that a bill came at all and then the amount that they charged. How much? 2,464. So I just thought, what's happening? Because last year, I, when, when I called the fire brigade, I didn't get a bill. I myself talked to a man of, from the fire brigade to ask him if I have, if there's any charge for them coming out. And he said, no, it's free because it's on commonage land and it's not caused by you.
2: Yeah, you, I, didn't, you didn't no. start the fire. Oh, no. And the fire, thought, the fire wasn't on your land, but the no, danger was... It, it was, was on
3: commonage land. And yeah. My house is very um, far out and around it by commonage land, you know. So I'm always in the situation every year to fear it comes close to the house again.
2: Did anyone else in the area ring nine 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 to report the oh, fire? Oh yes,
3: many, many people this year had to ring nine nine nine. I know at least five people who were in da- whose houses were in danger, because the next day the fire extended even more to other areas and close to houses. So it it was. It, it was unbelievable.
2: This yeah, it was it was a nightmare. Yeah, it honest. was it was one of the worst for sure. Do you know? Yes. Did any other houses get a bill? No, I don't oh, know anybody just, who just got your, a bill. Just your good just self. Me. And
3: that's also that's the question I still have. Uh, why was I picked? Was it randomly, or what is the reason for it?
2: So you and why was, it, was it so horrendous? So you contacted Cork County Council. Yes. What, I, did, what did they say?
3: And one day, well, I I sent an email, and I didn't get back an answer. Um, And I also contacted Southern Southern Star, and they recommended me to make it public. So um, they waited uh, with me for an an answer from the county council, but until Tuesday afternoon, nothing happened. So um, the article was in the paper. And then on Friday... I got a letter from Cork County Council saying that they have reviewed the file and they believe that due to the circumstances of the incident, that no charges should be levied. Sorry
2: for any inconvenience caused. All right. Well, thank God for that. You don't have to. Because yes. I, I take it you don't have €2,464 no. lying around with nothing yes. to do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, right. s- stay there because I want to bring in, yeah. uh, in local independent door yes. Deputy uh, Michael Please. Collins. Um, yes. Morning, Michael. Good morning. Uh, Michael, Patricia. have you heard of this before? A bill sent to the person who dials 999 doing the Good Samaritan and their civic duty?
4: I think, in in fairness, and look, I heard of the story uh, last week uh, about uh, Brigitte. Well, she lives in the most beautiful part of the world, and I know it well because I'm in the same parish. Um, It has its dangers, unfortunately. She's surrounded by cars. And she made a legitimate phone call like many more did. Um, the fire service who you know, responded brilliantly and have responded to so many people at the time and they need, the crew needs so much praise and work. They do accept in this situation they made an error by sending a bill out to, in contact with them later last week. They made an error by sending a bill out to, to uh, Bridget and an error that they have written out there and apologised and, and you know accepted that it was an area yeah, but the, the one thing I do want to assure people is and in a lot of genuine cases people see a neighbour especially maybe in in rural uh, communities where there's a lot of holiday homes they may see a neighbour's house in danger of a fire coming near a house they uh, you might see legitimately passing a house and you'll see a, fire, a chimney fire and if you ring the, the, fire, the fire brigade you are not responsible, the third party is not responsible uh, for to be charged uh, for the fire brigade a lot of People might get afraid now here and say, OK, I see a fire. I'm not going to ring because I get, I'm going to get hit with a bill here. You're not. And, like, Birchett shouldn't have been hit with the bill either. Unfortunately, there was an error along the line somewhere. And they accept that error. And, and we're all humanists, but we all make errors. But in, in the situation where a person is passing and sees the danger of a fire coming to a house... Uh, or a a fire in a house or whatever and rings uh, the fire brigade they will not be charged Yeah and it's it's important
2: it's important important that people die 999 immediately but I suppose the more important issue in all of this and and, uh, Birgit uh, touched on it these gorse fires Michael are really getting out of control every year
4: Sadly they are, uh, Patricia, and and, and, for, and I'd say Bridget would, would admit the same thing as myself because I know the neighbours to, uh, to Bridget are furious uh, that their lands were burned because they lost poles, they lost wire, they lost almost lost animals themselves. Indies So it's not always the, the, and a lot of people point the finger at the, the, the farmer, it's not the farmer that lights this fire because most of them have probably, you know, uh, valuable property in the hills that they've spent a lot of time putting up poles and wires in a commonage to make sure that their sheep or cattle don't go into another person's ground and they would not like that fire because it's going to cost it's cost them thousands of euros and and they're out there, unfortunately, calling out to their bed in the night trying to put out a fire. So there is people out there that uh, for some reason get a kick out of starting a fire somewhere and walks away from it and it it goes out of all control and it might end up burning the lands of five, six, seven uh, landowners who end up being fined It's quite possible from the department, but are absolutely at a loss themselves if they're trying to chase their animals, get their animals into safety, plus to see the poles and wires. So, like, it's a a dangerous situation. Some people have a a sick mind that they think if they can light a fire and walk away from it, there is things called control burns. And I know uh, the farm organizations have always urged and shown people how to control burn an area. The thing is, Patricia and, and and the Department of Agriculture find a lot of farmers don't the ears for having gars on their land and, and I met with the Department of Agriculture in Portugal and I told them you'd be the cause of an inferno in, 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 in rural areas because people are going to be pushing for farmers fined for having gars. They're pushed into a corner. What can they do? They can't get machines up to clear it. So unfortunately, some people try to do a controlled burn. And then not one will go get out of hand, unfortunately, but more is an act of vandalism by people who have this sense of a kick when they light a the fire and walk away. I know, away from
2: I know. And we know how under pressure yeah. the fire service were uh, this year. And, and, Birgit, what does the land look like after? Is it just uh, all burnt black? Uh, it's
3: it's 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 so sad. Is it's it? so sad. Everything. Yeah. I mean, so many creatures, wildlife, is killed. That has just started to to nest and to to yeah. grow again, and also the all everything is devastated. It looks horrible. Yeah. But let me let me point out two things. Um, Michael said the one is about Bill. I think he says it's an error. But if it's sent out to more people than me. Which I don't know yet. I heard from one person, but um, it—I don't believe it's an error. I—I'm I, questioning if there is anything. Um, I, I mean, it's—it's not—it's unjustified the the bill. And does don't the people do, or does the person who writes that bill, doesn't she know what the regulations are, or? What is the what is behind that? So well, I really yeah, think I think they need there to re- yeah, an investigation they need to the review box. they need to yes. review how
2: they send out those yes. bills. Yeah, yes. yeah,
3: there needs to be a yeah. kind of investigation into the county council fire department about these bills. Okay. That's one thing, and the other thing, who is starting the fires? I think that's a very big question because those fires traumatize people more and more. You know, and um, it's. Um, the question is who is doing it, and also is enough done to find out who is doing it because this year it was like a line from Mount Gabriel following the spine of the miss down to the Knock number three my hill, uh, where I and many people live and were threatened by the fire, but it was like looking it has it a system is it a is is there a kind of organized manner doing it and that's uh, also questions I really have and about Let's clients.
2: see, Michael, is there an investigation to try to find out who is causing? I mean, this year seemed to have been worse than previous years, even though uh, every uh, year seems to be getting worse. Yeah.
4: yeah I would certainly think that the you would be investigating this matter, but it probably is a very, very difficult uh, thing to find out. Now, I, I do know one other person who did get a bill, um, who did legitimately uh, start a control of fire, but it, the wind turned and it went close to his own property, and he did get a bill also. No. That's a slightly different situation than uh, uh, Bergett is okay. uh, standing Cause in because he fun.
2: started it.
4: Yeah. He is. Yeah, but yeah. I would say one thing: if you reason with the, the the fire brigade service, they're understanding, and if there is a, a genuine story, they're, they're willing to listen, and they're not ruthless. Now, in your situation, budget was very yeah. unfair and wrong. You should never right. seen a bill, and that
3: yeah.
4: uh, straight away that should have been, and that. Probably is accepted. No, if you need uh, further mm-hmm. answers, well, that's fair enough. Maybe we did, yeah. we deal
3: with
2: the on that. Okay. That's All right. All right. At least uh, uh, Brigitte doesn't have to pay. Her. That's the most important thing. No, Listen, Michael, no. we leave it there. Brigitte, we and, leave it there. And, yeah. and
3: I really wish that those ghost fires will be will uh, stop stopped forever. Yeah.
2: yeah. Really. Okay. All right. Okay. Listen, we leave it there. Thank you for that. Have a Thank good day, folks. Much. Thanks for joining us. That is uh, Brigitte uh, Eder who uh, lives in Golean, as you could hear from her accent. She is a German native, but has been living in the Goline area since the late 80s. And also West Cork Independent All Deputy Michael Collins. Now, last Sunday morning, a public protest was held at the Old Pier in Union Hall, calling on Cork County Council to carry out repairs on what is an historic structure. To find out more, I'm joined by A. O'Donnell, who is chairperson of the local Save Our Pier group. Good morning to you, a. Good morning. And you're very welcome to the programme. Now this is Keelbeg Pier. The council I believe want to close off this old pier. Are they citing a health and safety issue or what's going on?
5: Uh, They're citing a health and safety issue but over the years Cork County Council have left us down dramatically on this pier. It was originally commissioned in 1885 uh, and then in 95 there was a new fish Fishing pier built, uh, and part of the plans at that point was to restore the old pier. Uh, but, but, but that instead, didn't happen. That didn't happen. 27 years ago, they put rock armour at the end of the pier uh, to support it as a temporary measure, uh, which is still there today. Uh, and now they're talking that they'll have to fence off um, 20 metres of the head of the pier so that it's, it can't be used.
2: Just, and I hate that big sort of fencing. Just, I guess it, it really makes it look like a derelict site almost, doesn't it, when you put uh, up that type of fencing? Uh, absolutely.
5: And like they're talking about this being eight feet high, 2.4 meters oh, high. Oh.
2: And what, what effect would closing off the old pier have for well, local it, people?
5: It, it, it has a dramatic effect. Um, first of all, closing it off is one thing, but without any infrastructure being put in place to cater for. The use of the pier that's there at the moment. So there's, there's commercial fishing boats using it. There's angling boats using it. and uh, There's all the kids in the village use it um, for leisure. And then, of course, there's um, Glendor uh, sailing Club that come over and use it. So they're not putting anything in place as a temporary measure to cater for it, or they're not having any plans to restore the pier to its former glory. And then from an infrastructure point of view, it actually acts as a breakwater for the fishing boats, the commercial fleet that's on the main pier. Uh, and if that goes, if, if, if it does collapse, the old pier collapses, then you won't hold a boat uh, on the main fishing pier in the
2: storm. Yeah, you have a much, you have a much bigger problem. Do you know, um, A, how much would it cost to bring it back to, as, as you describe, its former glory? Are we talking a huge sum of money?
5: We're not. We're talking something in, in excess of a, of a million. Uh, those studies ha- have not been done, but it depends on how far you go. But that's the kind of figure you have in mind. Uh, and with the, the Brexit fund uh, that, that we've been given over a billion by EU, you know, it's obvious to try and claim some of that money. But Cork County Council has made no effort to actually plan that and make, make this happen.
2: And has there been any engagement between the local community and Cork County Council, particularly about this notion of closing off the pier? Zero. Zero. So Zero. how how did you hear that they were going to close off the pier? Uh, by chance.
5: Literally by chance. Uh, and then when we inquired into it more, uh, we, we got feedback that it, it's going ahead.
2: Do you know when? And
5: um, no, we don't. No. Um, we're just being told it's imminent, uh, and obviously, when we got that like overwhelming support in Union Hall and the local area to say this is just wrong, you know.
2: Well, I, I actually saw the video footage from last uh, Sunday morning's uh, protest. You know, for for a, a small little rural area you got there was a huge turnout there was well over 200 people came out that's incredible and it was very short notice wasn't
5: it yeah they only had a couple of days notice so you know the word got out and the people are behind us obviously now we're trying to put it on social media on Facebook Save Our Peer and Twitter as well so we're now getting the word out so even there's even more uh, support than there was even uh, last Sunday
2: Okay, I can just see a a flood of uh, texts coming in from uh, people. Miriam says, I'm totally in support of everything that A is saying on your programme this morning. Very disappointing from Cork County Council. This is a special spot in the hearts of many. It's very short-sighted. Martin said that it describes Union Hall as the forgotten harbour. That's sad to hear by Cork County Council. Margaret said it's infuriating to see our taxpayers money not being spent on something like this as an allocated Project instead, Cork County Council want to close down a pier that has been used for so many years by non-commercial activities. When the repairs to this small pier, while the repairs to this pier are not extensive, and it wouldn't be a huge draw on the county's uh, budget. Hi Patricia, the council simply cannot close the pier. We would not have got through lockdowns without this pier. It's absolutely essential and just fully support the local initiative to save and restore the historic pier says somebody else and just another one even though there's many more of them coming in. The old pier is such an important part of the community in Union Hall. It's a hive of activity especially during the summer months. Closing it is going to cost the council thousands in barriers and in signage. When the these funds could go towards restoring it. The new pier serves the larger trawlers, but it does not accommodate smaller fishing boats and pleasure crafts. There is a huge potential to develop the old pier into facility for all harbour users. And that's a good point. There is a, you know, you, you could think to the future here and look at the potential for the old pier, eh?
5: Absolutely, you know. And like we can refer even to Cork County Council's own report, like they did report the Marine Leisure Infrastructure Strategy for the Western Division, which was released in 08. And they say themselves, the vision of this Marine Leisure Strategy is to marine leisure in West Cork to develop its coherent and sustainable manner, making it the best use of existing and plan, infrastructure and resources. And that comes from their own report. And yet, what are they doing? They're shutting it off.
2: And I can see by the flood of uh, texts and calls they were, they were getting in. Local people are really, really upset by this. And, they're, and uh, they're, they're angry. yeah, And rightly so. Like, like, listen to this, Just said, save our pier in Union Hall. I grew up here and I've used this pier all my life, as do my children now. It's an asset to our our village and to our um, uh, beach. Um, oh, yeah, we are obviously, we're emailing the council just to try to get some kind of uh, an update. Because I'm also thinking, a while this is local people, quite obviously, are very upset about it. We're going to have people who, will, who go to Union Hall every summer. Uh, visitors that will be coming, people that maybe have been coming many, many years who probably won't even be aware about this until they arrive this summer.
5: Yeah, and what they'll arrive to is an eight-foot fence. You know, like, how how inviting is that? You know, how good, you know, for the visiting boats, visiting yachts, they would all use this pier. <clears throat> um, because obviously, they don't mix in with the big uh, trawlers, uh, which also brings a huge amount of income to Union Hall. And if if, if it goes, they
2: won't even be able to stay Someone says Union Hall Pier holds a very special place in the heart of the local rowing club My Ross Rowing Club which is a hundred years in existence next year Uh, always the pier has been used over the years the old pier plays a big part at regatta day what would the future hold for us as they're celebrating their 100th anniversary Yeah
5: as, as, that's a very good point like the regatta obviously in Union Hall has been going for a long time uh, and you're going to have a big fence blocking even the view down the harbour.
2: Yeah, it's incredible. It's uh, Has there been any talks by the way, A, over the years about restoring the pier? Has there been any indication?
5: Uh, ab- absolutely. Like in 95 when they built the main pier uh as part of the strategy of building the main pier, they were going to restore the old pier at that point. Yeah. Uh, then in 08, um, as part of this this report, there's, there is funds supposedly assigned to restoring the old pier, uh, and that was in 08. Uh, and the only funds that we're aware of that they've applied for is for blocking off the pier, not restoring the pier.
2: That's incredible. That's incredible. Uh, Riona says, uh, Keelbeg Pier is vital for leisure craft users, fishermen and beachgoers alike. The community is completely united in their opposition to Cork County Council's ridiculous plan. Health and safety reports didn't matter when the council didn't have funding for a fence. The pier will stay standing while they source additional funding for proper repairs. There are... 137 years of history in every stone of this beautiful pier. What a lovely way to put it. It's a key location for the community throughout the year, particularly the summer months, vital for angling, vital for leisure craft, swimmers and divers. What is the council's plan? Question mark. To close it off and let it fall away into the sea, not on our watch. The people who came before us and the people who will come after us need us to fight for Keelbeg Pier. And as I say, many, well many more. Well said, yeah. Many, many more texts uh, like that. OK, we will keep in contact with you. A, As I say, in the meantime, we've, we're, we've, we're getting on uh, to Cork County Council. Have you been in contact with your local councillors, local TDs yes. in the area? Are they all progressing it? A- absolutely.
5: And the only thing is they're all behind us as well.
2: Okay, okay. People power, people power. That's what this one is Absolutely. going to going to be about. A, uh, hey, listen, thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme. Yes, and thanks so much for having us. Uh, our pleasure. Good morning to you. And actually, they have a really good Facebook page uh, set up uh, called Save Our Pier. And that's A O'Donnell, who is the chairperson of that local Save Our Pier group. Texts and WhatsApps coming in about the old pier in uh, Union Hall. Uh, here's a lovely one in from Killian, who says, The pier is a vital part of our village. Water safety classes, local sailing schools, School, etc., and several film productions have used it. Tens of thousands of people have jumped from its parapets over the years. Please don't restrict it. Fix it. That's from Killian, who describes himself as a concerned resident with three small uh, children. Let me just give you a snapshot of some of the many, many uh, texts and WhatsApps and calls that we've received following my interview with uh, A.O. Reardon of the Save Our Peer Group in uh, Union Hall. This is just, a a lot of the commentary in fairness is making a similar point but just to give you a snapshot of some of the calls and comments coming in, Bill and Clannochilty contacted John Paul and said every doctor the length and breadth of the country is telling people get out and walk get exercise and yet we have a council here who are talking about closing off the pier in Union Hall the pier should be saved and could under the heritage grant scheme as this pier is one of the most iconic piers along our coastline. Deirdre says Keelbeg Pier is a landmark in our village it's used by the entire community the children spend hours using the pier and strand during the summertime water safety use it as part of their swimming and life-saving classes. Visiting boats tie up there while going to the village for provisions. Angling boats use it for taking on-board anglers. Fishermen use it for maintenance of their boats. Smaller fishing boats use it for landing fish. The local sailing club use it during the summertime. We would be devastated to see this landmark blocked off. What are the council thinking of? Please save our pier. That's from uh, Deirdre. Someone else says the old pier is used every single day by the people of Union Hall, the Rowing Club, the Glandor Sailing Club, the Plucky Paddlers Swimming Club and the thousands of people who use the old pier every single year for leisure. Also, Union Hall is known as a fishing village and boats provide fresh fish to the local businesses every single day. If these barriers are to be put in place, the pier over time would eventually erode away, resulting in the shelter that the old pier Uh, provides the boats it would simply be gone and the boats would simply have to leave the people of Union Hall just want their historic pier restored. Someone else says we want the council to find funds to please restore our pier to put a temporary plan in place for leisure and angling in the meantime and don't close it off and forget about us the people of Union Hall are very very upset by their disregard Eileen said three generations of my family have jumped off and tied up little boats to Tokeelbeg pier. Please help us save our pier Claudia says the old Keelbeg pier is a valuable and for local children who can enjoy the steps down to the little beach adjacent to it it's beautiful as well as useful Harry says the Pier and Union Hall is part of the heritage we're trying to hold on to and that's a good point that a lot of people are making Uh, we need to protect and promote that's also part of Cork County Council's role why can't they have some kind of joined up thinking the potential of this area it's coastal and maritime environment is huge uh, people want access to heritage and they want access to the water. Look at the potential and the many gains here, please, Cork County Council. And it's from Harry messaging us in Glenmore, Glenmire. And as I say just a snapshot of some of the text and commentary coming in while I was chatting with A. O'Donnell. And then Martin is in for Moy, taking a slightly different look on this and says, Patricia, uh, would you please tell those people going on about the pier at Union Hall to give it a rest? There are a lot more important things going on. On in life today, like price hikes, fuel hikes, homeless people, no houses, murders, rapes, attacks. Would those people who want to save our peer like to save my car? Because I had to sell it four weeks ago to pay bills. I had to give up work because I have no car. It's only a peer, for God's sakes, says Martin in uh, For Moy. Well, it might be only a peer to you, Martin, in For Moy. But the people of Union Hall, judging by the commentary coming in today, this peer is a lot more than only just uh, a peer. Oh eight one eight one oh three one oh three. Our lines are open. And then on some other different uh, topics, Fimber says hi, Patricia. I was watching the six o'clock news last night. I was dismayed with the interviewer Katrina Perry um, and the interview she was having with Mary Lou McDonald, the leader of the Sinn Fein party. She was more worried with her questioning about O'No Brins. T- tweet on that photograph uh, that we spoke about yesterday on the programme that went out at the weekend Then the real issue. The real issue being what is going to happen with, with the eviction ban. A lot of families and people's lives are going to be destroyed with this decision and it was taken without putting proper facilities in place for people. This government had 20 years to sort out the housing crisis, a little bit like the health crisis and other issues affecting people's everyday life. Over 3,000 children already in emergency accommodation not to mention the 10,000 parents living in emergency accommodation and then wait until the eviction ban kicks in. There will be many, many more added to that uh, list. What effect is this going to have on children's mental health in years to come? Not to mind the parents. As a person who suffers from mental health issues, I fear serious issues on mental health will soar now too which is not getting necessary funding as it stands at the moment also a lot of these people have pets where will they go with their pets they're going to have to try and get them rehomed the shelter services at the moment they are already under severe pressure and not getting adequate funding from the government these are the real issues rather than RTE focusing on a tweet kind of regards and that's from uh, Fimber and then on a good news kind of a slant uh, Hi Patricia would you please give a shout out to Dr John Kiley Who's Dr John Kiley? He's the respiratory consultant based at Mallow General Hospital. A Marion from Oye says Dr John along with his team and all of the staff at Mallow General Hospital they are simply out in a league of their own Mr Kiley's expertise and care goes beyond all duty along with all of the rest of his staff right through to the young male carer who made tea at all hours of the night if someone happened to wake up fabulous hospital many many thanks and that's from Mary in for more and thank you Mary for taking the time out uh, to send that text in too often on our health service we give out when things go wrong so it's good to focus when things are done well as well so thank you Mary for that and hopefully your health is a lot better than when you had to spend your time in um, Mallow General Hospital and John in Newmarket wants to give a shout out on home heating oil prices. John says I got 500 litres of home heating oil and I paid €480. It's gone way down in price from the last time I purchased it. It was €630 the last time I purchased the same amount of home heating oil and John wants me to do a shout out. Anyone that needs home heating oil now is the time to buy it. I did mention that last week as well that home heating oil has gone down. I think it's gone down even further looking at those uh, prices. So take a look at your tank and if you have a few spare Bob you may be just saving yourself because we don't know. We know how volatile the fuel market is. So we don't know. Come winter time, when people really need to fill up their tanks, it could go. It could be double uh, the price at the next time. But four hundred and eighty euro. And John, it's been a long time since you got a ha- half a tank of home heating oil for four hundred and eighty euro. Thank you for passing that on to us. Oh uh, eight one eight one zero three one zero three. John Paul taking calls. You can text or WhatsApp to oh eight six two one zero three one zero three. C
0: one zero three jobs.
2: A site dumper driver is wanted in Carrigalline. You must have a valid driver's licence and a CSCS card, safe pass and manual handling. CVs please to jobs at hamiltonfrench.com. Araglin House Nursing Home. They've got a vacancy for a senior activities coordinator. Qualification in social care or health care is essential. CVs please to Chris at araglandhouse.ie an accounts technician assistant that's wanted for work in McCroom CVs to mccroom at hardwoodfloors.ie and an office administrator is wanted for work in Clonakilty. Uh, send your CV please to info at plastics.ie you'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more this is
0: C103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie.
2: Now, if your health insurance is due for renewal, you need to pay very close attention to the recently announced price rises because some people are already getting renewals with a much higher price hike than what they were expecting. Dermot Good of Total Healthcare joins me with all of the details. Good morning to Dermot. Good morning, Patricia. And you're welcome. Now, VHI, Leia and Irish Life Health all announced price rises between, I think it was 44 and 5%. Uh, percent. But what I didn't realise was they're just average prices. Is that correct? That's exactly it. So Ah.
6: what's happened is, um, so first to go was Irish Life uh, at the start of January by an average of 5%. And then VHI followed on the 1st of March by an average of 4.8%. And just at the weekend there, Leia have increased their rates by an average of 4.4% so what's happening is consumers as you'd expect are applying those increases um to their premium so they're basically i suppose looking to see exactly what the impact will be but many then are shocked when they get the renewal um because a number of plans and some of the really good schemes have gone up by as much as 10 percent. so to be fair to the insurance companies patricia they're not trying to mislead anybody they can only because there's over 300 plans they can only come out with an average and some people will pay less than the average but unfortunately there are a lot of people now like for example the likes of simply connect or simply connect plus with leia which are really good schemes but they have gone up by double the average so a, a retired couple will now have to find 300 euro extra to stay on that plan where they were probably only expecting it to be 150 extra and it's not just Layer like VHI, you know, some of their plans are going up seven, seven and a half percent. Like if there's a retired couple listening now or or a couple who are on the old plan B options, help plus extra, they have to find an extra €422 euro to stay on that plan because it has increased to nearly just under €3,000. And the same with Irish Life Health as well. So really, it's a warning to consumers now to be very careful. Take those average price increases uh, with a grain of salt because effectively you need to look and see what the actual real impact is on your own premium. And you could be shocked to find it's a multiple of what you thought it might be.
2: And would I be right in saying that it's some of the more popular plans that have that higher price rise? Yes, it tends to be. I mean, it's, it's now like, for
6: example, simply connect plus it's a plan we've mentioned previously patricia was one four seven one it's now gone up to one thousand six hundred and twenty now anybody who's on that plan like here's the crazy thing with health insurance you know not all plans have increased you know like for example irish life members who maybe can't afford uh the increase like they have a suite of new plans called uh, the health guide schemes and health guide two and Health Guide three are really good plans, but they didn't go up at all on the first of January. Um, the same with VHI, like they have plans like the PMI seven ten and and a couple of other schemes which didn't increase at all. Um, and Leia Healthcare, like they have a really good scheme called Connect Simplicity, which was one four four seven. It's a private room corporate plan, and that plan didn't go up either. So some people will be lucky, Patricia, that they'll see little or no increase. But people need to brace themselves. And now, I suppose it's not all doom and gloom because, thankfully, a lot of people have already renewed. Like, mm. we're just literally outside the peak renewal. So most of, like most of Irish Life customers uh, would have renewed at the end of December. They would have missed the 1st of January increase. So they, they're they okay till next January. The same with VHI. A huge amount of their members renew in January. They obviously won't be affected by the March increase. And like, likewise with Leia, but those increases are coming their way. And we've already been contacted by hundreds of people who are asking, look, is this correct? Because I was expecting 5% and now I'm being hit with 10%. And unfortunately, Patricia, there's a lot of people, particularly older members, retired on fixed incomes who just can't find, don't have an extra Yeah, who don't have that.
2: Yeah, purchases. yeah, yeah. 100%. OK, can you understand why prices have gone up?
6: Yeah, I, I have to say, and once again, look, we're not... We don't speak for the health insurers. We, you know, we we don't defend them, but we were expecting these price increases, and there's a number of reasons. So, you know, health healthcare just like everything else, you know, rising utility, rising electricity, all rising labor costs, all the inputs are going up. So we were like medical inflation runs at between five and eight percent, depending on who you speak to. So when we heard five percent on average, you know, that was pretty much expected. However, we weren't expecting 10%. And I would say to all of your listeners now, you kind of have to budget for about 5% on average, you know, for the same level of cover. Also, Patricia, claims are back on the increase again because what we're now seeing is people who are maybe reluctant to go into hospital, who are deferring medical treatment, they're all going back in to get those procedures done now. And also, look, you know, every month there's new robotic procedures coming on stream, new cancer drugs and Look, we all want to be covered for those things, you know, but they do come with a price tag. Um, And also the levy, the health insurance levy, which was reduced last April, but we knew it was only temporary. They've now gone and they've increased that again from the first of April. So um, all of that is impacting on rates. So we're not surprised that rates are going up by the average of five percent. Um, but, you know, 10% is a massive, yeah, a uh, massive increase That's, for anybody to it, take over.
2: Well, it's a lot when you're looking at everything else and the cost of everything else is, has, has gone up. Um, the, this is all the more reason to shop around. Yeah. And and
6: look, straight away, you know, if ever if ever like a lot of people last year didn't shop around because their rates didn't go up and they also got some money back from the insurance company. So there was a lot of inertia last year, Patricia, but now we're seeing that changing. And I would I would urge anybody now, like don't take a 10 percent increase on the chin. Right? It's in many cases, it's avoidable. In fact, if you're on an old plan, you know, that's costing more than 18 50 or you haven't reviewed your cover in the last five years not only can you avoid the price increase, there's a strong probability you can get far better cover at a much lower premium, Um, you know, not just, let's just say, avoiding that increase. So I would say to anybody now, you know, please shop around. Don't take this on the chin. Even somebody who's already renewed their cover on the 1st of April, they may be thinking, oh, it's too late now. Not at all. Even if you've paid your premium and even if you've told the insurance company you're going to maybe roll over as is, Not at all. You have up till the 14th of April. So, you know, you can still get on to the insurance company and all people need to do. I mean, people sometimes are afraid, you know, or let's just say they just find it too daunting to start engaging with the insurers and all that. All you need to do before you phone them up, decide what is your budget. So let's just say last year you were paying €1,500 and this year it's gone up, we'll say, to €1,700 and you don't have that. All you need to do is fifteen hundred is your budget, you simply phone your existing insurer and you tell them, Look, I can't afford the the new the new price. My budget is fifteen hundred maximum. Now, what is the closest plan that you have, closest equivalent plan to what I currently have that fits, comes in around that budget? And just sit back and let and them, let them do the work through all their plans. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, they'll do all the heavy lifting for you. But the next thing though, Patricia, here's the key thing. If they come back to you with a plan that sounds like it might fit, let's just say, you know, your requirements, then you must get them to explain, Okay, now tell me how does that plan compare to what I currently have? What am I losing? What am I gaining? What stays the same? And once again, let them do all the work. And to be fair to the insurers, if you approach it properly and you ask the right questions, they will provide full information to you so you can make an informed choice. And if you don't like what your current insurer offers you. Well, then you basically repeat the process with the other two insurers. And if you approach it that way, people are shocked sometimes at the deals that they can find. And people who do this every year, they like the goalposts will move every year a small bit. If you do that every year, you will you will track those moving goalposts and you will always be on good cover and not overpaying.
2: Because with the rising cost of uh, living, are you hearing of people, uh, Dermot, who are, contemplating or have already decided to give up their uh, health insurance? Some people almost seeing it like a luxury.
6: I tell you, Patricia, we were expecting last year when utilities were going through the roof, we were expecting an increase in the number of people looking to cancel. That didn't materialise. But what has happened, though, a lot of younger people um, who I suppose, you know, funds are tight um, they probably don't see the need for health insurance as much as maybe as older people with underlying conditions. They have been uh, looking at ways to reduce their costs. So I would encourage anybody, <laughs> beg your pardon, who's who maybe just finds this now like, too expensive. Don't. The, the last resort is to cancel. So there's loads of things you can do to reduce your costs. First of all, make sure you're on an up to date plan. You know, secondly, take on an excess. And that's an excess per claim only in private hospitals. You know, look at splitting your cover. So, in other words, don't just automatically put everybody on the same plan. You know, there are new plans out now that are what we call network plans. In other words, they don't cover every hospital, but they might cover every hospital in your general jurisdiction. And they tend to be less expensive. Like families, there are deals now for families. In fairness to Leah, I know they've increased their rates. But they have also have a deal right now where you pay for the eldest child under 18, but the other children under 18 are free. You know, so if you're not availing of those deals, if you haven't looked at spitting your cover, if you're not on a corporate plan, if you don't have a small excess, you know, if you haven't reviewed your cover in a number of years, there are loads of advisors throughout the country who will help you do this. But if you, you can also do it yourself, like I would block out an hour and just there's only three insurance companies, 20 minutes each on the phone and, you know, decide on your budget before you phone them. So that cuts out all the nonsense. You know, they have to stick within the budget. And, you know, you'll still find like people give out about the number of plans. But the good thing about having 300 all plans is there are there there's are plans for there to suit. Yeah, there's absolutely. One, there's one sure. I remember the days there was only 15 plans. There was no choice whatsoever. Yeah, but yeah. now there are plans to suit everybody. But I would I would urge anybody, please don't cancel unless you've exhausted all of those options. Because I'd love to say the public system has turned a corner and it's improving but we all know that's going to take a long time for that to happen so really there is no other alternative unfortunately.
2: Okay, Deirdre was on to us to say she recently had to go into hospital for a day uh, procedure she does a private health insurance she was asked to sign a form for the private health insurance and another form was put in front of her which she signed before she left she got a copy of the second form that she had signed only when she got home she realised she had signed waiving her right to be treated as a public patient it was never explained to her what she was signing should the hospital have explained that to her
6: yes in my view they absolutely should have and I know there was guidance issued last year um, you know that like this is a this is the legitimate practice that the hospitals can do but there's there's an onus on them a responsibility on their part to explain to people what they're asking them to sign you know if that was me Patricia I would be phoning that hospital back and I would be saying I want you to tear up that form. I'm withdrawing my consent. It was never explained to me. I didn't know what I was signing and I don't agree to it. Um, Or get onto your insurance company. That person, dear, should contact your insurance company and explain to them what has happened. Because, you see, when you go into public hospitals now, if you go in as a public patient, you are entitled to be treated just like every other public patient, irrespective of whether you have health insurance or not. Your health insurance is yours. Your business It's yours to use whenever it suits you. But if you go into through A&E, you are going in as a public patient. So you could argue your health insurance is actually irrelevant. But if you sign that form, um, then you are waiving your right to be treated as a public patient. And in many cases, all that means is that your insurance company will be charged the full private rate, even though you were treated as a public patient. So I would say to Deirdre, contact her insurer, explain to them what has happened, and they should be able to guide her you know, as to what she should do, you know, but people need to basically, my my advice to all of our clients, when anybody ever puts one of those forms in front of you, I would ask, well, what's going to change if I sign that form? What, What will I get that I'm not currently getting? Will I get a private room? Will I see a private consultant? Will I skip the queue, which obviously won't happen. And unless you're getting something extra, it just begs the question, why would you sign the form? OK, yeah, but that's what yeah. I would suggest here to do is contact the insurance company and just double check that. But really, people, when anybody's been asked to sign a form where you're being asked to waive your right, you know, um, your legitimate right to be treated as a public patient, it should be explained to you. And then you sign then in full knowledge as to exactly what you're signing.
2: OK, all right. And, and your advice is always, Dermot, is never auto renew.
6: That's still the biggest thing. I mean, now, Thankfully, a lot of consumers now, and it's nothing like a price increase to drive this behavior, but a lot of people now are shopping around again and they're asking the right questions. You know, look, there's nothing to be lost by phoning up your insurer, even if you're very happy with your current plan, phone up your insurance company and say, sim- well, there's two questions, Patricia. Number one, if I renew on this plan, is it the exact same benefits as last year or has anything changed? That's question number one. And the second question is, have you launched another plan in the last year or do you have another plan? That gives similar benefits at a much lower premium. Yes or no. And they have to tell you yes or no. And if there is something out there, well, it it won't hurt to look at it, you know. And 50%, by the way, of all people who switch, people think when I talk about switching, it means, you know, moving completely to a different insurer. Patricia, not at all. 50% of all people will switch to a different plan with the same insurer, you know. So definitely worthwhile checking out the option, just like you would car or home insurance, you know, just to make sure you're not losing out.
2: OK, listen, your uh, mine of information as always, uh, Dermot, it's a pleasure. Thank you for that and thanks My for joining pleasure. us. Uh, good morning to you. Uh, bye bye. That is uh, Dermot Good of TotalHealthCover.ie 0818 103 103 John Paul's taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp to 0862 103,
0: 103. Cork today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. See MIG.ie. Nick Richards plays Cork's greatest hits for your workday on C103. Hey! Fundaland's back! And I love the
7: car. And I've got your free passes. Put your hands in
1: the
0: air if you want to come.
7: Brain Twisters contest, Five Facts for Friday, and Cork's Greatest Hits. Nick Richards on C103.
0: Weekdays from one with the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. C103. Tired of waiting for your new car? We have it now at Nine Motors. Go electric with a new Kia Sportage, ready for you to purchase and drive away today. View the Kia Sportage online at ninemotors.ie or visit us at Cork Road, Bandon. Nine Motors, your number one for Kia in Cork. It's all happening this Easter at Cork Racecourse Mallow with 3 days of great racing guaranteed from Saturday, April 8th. To Monday 10th, there's something for everyone. Racing, fashion, music and family fun. Three days of total entertainment. Don't miss the Racing Home for Easter Festival, April 8th to 10th. Get your best-priced ticket online at CorkRacecourse.ie.
4: Attention Cork. Bus Connects Cork is part of the National Transport Authority's plan for a sustainable public transport network for the Cork metropolitan area. After taking into consideration your feedback from last year, we have now started the second round of public consultation for the sustainable transport corridors. For Cork, Connects is essential in tackling climate change, as well as being safer for cyclists and pedestrians, reducing the need for car journeys with a more reliable bus service. As Cork has set itself the ambition to become a climate-neutral city by 2030, BusConnex will help achieve this target. To view the revised proposals and to give further feedback, please visit busconnects.ie. Bus Connects, an initiative of the Government of Ireland.
0: This coffee is incredible.
6: It tastes like, like, really, really nice coffee. It keeps you on your toes, puts a pep in your step, wakes you up before you go-go. Enjoy the pick-me-up you're looking for with a fresh cup of Rosa coffee from your local Maxall. Text or WhatsApp
1: Patricia with your comment. 086
0: 2103 103 you talk to me. Cork
2: today on C103. Now, according to a piece that was in yesterday's Irish Examiner, uh, written by Owen uh, English, the couple who brought the world to Cork last year are gifting a very dramatic sea shanty singing seafarer sculpture to their adopted harbour town of Cove. To find out more, I'm joined by the chairman of Cove Municipal District and that's Councillor Anthony Barry. Good morning to you, Anthony.
8: Good morning, Patricia, and
2: you're welcome to the program. I suppose, firstly, tell me a little about a bit about this very generous couple. It's Gary and Ann Wilson.
8: That's right. I mean, anyone that has gotten into Cove um, over the last couple of years has seen the fantastic work they've done to Bell Valley Castle, and, and it really has become a iconic landmark. Well, he's always an iconic landmark as you came into the Great Island Cove, but now to see it done up is absolutely uh, fantastic, and it, it really has set off the entrance into Cove there, you know. But they've been uh, very generous in their support of, of various uh, events in Cove. Um, and you just mentioned in the cathedral, called the Cathedral, the, the Globe. They came in there last year and now with this um, with this, uh, sea shanty um, sailor, seafarer. Um, it's a wonderful piece.
2: Yeah, they really want to give back to the local community, which is, which is terrific. That sculpture of of planet Earth, I think it was Seven meters wide, and it was rotating and hanging from the cathedral in Cove last year. There was a massive response to that, wasn't there?
8: Huge. Um, I'm actually in County Hall at the moment, and I'm inside one of the offices. And there's a calendar up, and the, the actual picture I'm looking at now is that of the globe as so it? it says. Yeah. But the numbers, the numbers that went down were incredible, and it was a it was truly spectacular um, piece that was inside there. And you know, they, they have been very, very good. Uh, to the area and they're definitely giving back with no doubt about that.
2: Okay, so describe as best you can this new sculpture. It's a, it's a sea shanty singing seafarer. It's a big piece.
8: It's a big, he's a big boy. Um, <laughs> he's about 12, 13 feet tall and um, his leg is raised up on a kind of a, uh, a step and uh, he's playing, uh, I suppose, some kind of a uh, the box and uh it it really looks beautiful now. I haven't seen it physically, obviously, but I have seen the pictures of it, and uh, you know, people have been able to sit down beside it and get the photographs taken with it. And uh, it it is, I think, a very very striking piece. And getting the right location for it will be all important.
2: And the fact that it's a seafarer cove by the sea, it's 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 perfect for it. And and do you know the background to it? I mean, where where do the Wilsons get this piece from?
8: I think they've commissioned it um, themselves and they're looking for a location in Cove that it could be put. Now, obviously we have to go through a Part A process and a public consultation process once the um, once the exact location is uh, identified for us. And obviously the Wilsons would have a big part to play in, in the location as well yeah. as it should be. Um, so we're in discussions at the moment to find, the, 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 I suppose the ideal location for us um, and the location that most people would benefit from seeing this. So I, I think that process is there at the moment, hopefully, we'll have that very finalized very, very soon. Then it'll go to public consultation through the part eight process. Uh, and hopefully, we'll have it up there in Cove very, very quickly. If we
2: can. Well, where ideally have, have you a, a sort of a site in mind where you'd like to see it placed?
8: Well, I suppose anyone that knows Cove and, and like it's obviously not up to me, um, it'll be up to all the members of the municipal district. but the largest footfall is what you'd be looking for surely anyway, I would imagine. And uh, there may be more um, picturesque locations, but the largest footfall is really from the town out to White Point, five yeah. foot away out by the children's playground. Uh, obviously, most people walk that way. So the town is, I would view, fairly well um, congested at the moment and taken up with uh, statues and various pieces. Um, even the park there, um there's a lot of pieces inside there. So probably you would imagine, and this is just a personal opinion of mine, uh, down the five foot way somewhere would be most ideal location.
2: But the idea would be you'd place it somewhere where people can then go along and selfies, photographs taken in front of it, beside it. That's the that's the that's kind of the long-term goal.
8: Exactly. With the sea out to the background. And I mean, if you go along anywhere, anywhere in Cove, you've um, that wonderful harbour that is Cock Harbour. And, um, as a backdrop and like, it's just so fitting to have this type of uh, a statue there. And, you know, Cove has been synonymous um, for good reasons and bad reasons um, with the sea and with seafarers, i.e. immigration, uh, fishing. Um, so everything like the harbour has been, you know, an integral part of Irish's seafaring uh, history and nautical history. So, you know, we have, we have our own, um, uh, naval base right across from it as well, so you know it is uh, a very suitable piece in a very suitable location.
2: Yeah, and I saw the the, the sculpture. He's a, a a British man by the name of um, Ray Lonsdale, and and you know he was talking about it's um, you know the the special material that it's made for, so it it will it'll it'll weather well, which is obviously what you need uh, because it's, it's it's going to be out there as you say with ideally with its back uh, to the sea. Have you a timeline?
8: We're hoping that we can get this sorted, the location sorted, in the next, I would say, days rather than weeks. And uh, once that happens, then we obviously have... um, we obviously have the period of public consultation, which is statutory, which I think is about six seven weeks, and uh, so after that, hopefully, it'll be good to go then.
2: Okay, that's this is the piece I was looking it for. Will it would be great.
8: It would be it. great to have it for the bulk of the there for the bulk of the tourist season. It would be if we could.
2: It's 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 a durable material with a high nickel and copper content that'll weather well and will last for centuries, and that's what we want. We want it there for years uh, to come. Okay, keep us posted on this. Uh, it's an exciting, I think, project for uh, COVID once again. Well done to the uh, Wilsons. Are you looking forward to a busy uh, season in Cove, um, Anthony? When will the the ships, the cruise ships, start arriving? I think
8: the, the first of the ships are coming in the next. it next week or the week after? They, and, they be in um, for
2: Easter, will they? Yeah, I yeah. think
8: it's one of the biggest. I think it's it's one of the biggest uh, bookings that we have um, so far uh, since they start, and after COVID and everything else, you know, it's it's wonderful to see it back. Um, and you know, it's great for the town. I was down there last weekend. And all of a sudden, you would see the whole place is spring to life again and a lot of tourists around again. So, yeah, I think it'll be a wonderful year. Um, OK, I think last year a lot of people probably left, but I think you'll have a lot more home tourism uh, traveling around as well uh, this year and coming into Cove. And, you know, a Cove has so much to offer. Um, it's not just about the cruise ships it's about people coming down you've Spike Island which is an absolutely wonderful location and then you've Fota uh, on the road into Cove as well um, of in character carry too we'll say but you know they're two huge attractions and uh, you know they're expecting very very good years ahead
2: yeah it's a great town to visit it really is okay listen Anthony thank you for that and thanks for joining us
8: no, no, uh, thank good you. Good morning
2: to you. Bye-bye. That is the Chairman of Cove Municipal District, uh, Councillor Anthony uh, Barry. About that, what is going to be a striking 12-foot-high sculpture of a singing sailor, which has been gifted to the Town of Cove. I've only seen photographs of it, but it does look Uh, quite striking indeed 0818 103 103 John Paul taking your calls make sure that you have our text and WhatsApp number 0862 103 103 because we've got a racing home for Easter festival competition that we're running across this week we have daily prizes to give away tickets for two to go racing on Easter Sunday and Easter Sunday is next uh, Sunday and your chance to go race uh, with our competition, but on the Friday, our five daily winners go into a hat, and one of our listeners gets their prize upgraded, which will include dinner for two in the restaurant on Easter Sunday at Meadow Racecourse. So you get your admission, your race card a reserved table in the restaurant where you have a four course meal overlooking the track and then following your very busy day at the races you'll get an overnight stay for two in Springford Hall Country House Hotel which of course is located just 10 minutes away from the race course. you're still listening out for the sound effect and they're off when you hear that I can not tell you it won't be played down until the next hour but as soon as you hear it you need to text your WhatsApp to 0862 103 103 and we will open the text and the WhatsApp Uh, numbers for about uh, 10 minutes that's all to come we're talking about insurance uh, issues health insurance issues uh, with uh, Dermot Good and Dermot was talking about the huge amount of different plans that are out there Alma via email said that's all well and good but it really is very complicated to know what changes to make also I have a young adult on a policy and I'm never too sure whether he's on the right policy or not Uh, well I know Dermot has gone off the line but what he would suggest doing you ring your insurance company and you explain that you have a young adult on the policy policy and that's because I know I did something similar with my own daughter wanting she didn't need to be on the same policy that we were on and needed a separate policy for her and she can actually be on a completely different plan so it's to ring up and to just let them do the work because it's when you go online to try to compare all of the different plans it can be absolutely mind boggling so when you're next I don't know when your premium is up but when it's up actually put the call in and explain the situation explain the young adult the age whatever and they'll point you in the right direction 0818103103 couple of calls in and actually I spotted the barriers going up this morning this is out in Mallow there's a road closure at Deheen in Mallow It started this morning as I was heading to work before eight o'clock this morning. They were putting the barriers up. Some people very frustrated saying, oh, for God's sake, didn't they do up? Wasn't that complete road uh, closed off? Well, they did a wonderful new resurface on it. They did. Why is it closed again? We're after getting on to Cork County Council and they say, yes, there is a road closure at Ballydehean in Mallow. They said it was from yesterday. Even though I drove down yesterday, I didn't see any road closure yesterday. So it's definitely kicking in from today, the 4th of April. It remains in place to next Friday. So it's a one week road uh, closure, and it's to facilitate road reinstatement works. I have no idea what Road Reinstatement Works is because it's the section, it's the road from the bridge to the top of Deheen that got that wonderful resurface and it was closed for many uh, weeks. And it was during the summer, wasn't it? It was definitely when the children were on holidays anyway when the school break was on, which is the right time to do it because there's uh, two schools up that area so it takes very heavy traffic in the morning. But if you are in the Mallow area, Deheen closed for this week for Road Reinstatement Works whatever they are. I'm not too sure but Cork County Council are working on it as we speak. So the alternative route there's a detour in a place. And thank you to somebody who's pointed out that the first of the cruise ships in Cove for this season will be docking next Monday the 10th of April at midday. Now Cove, wonderful place to visit but when the cruise ships come in there's always a huge number of people uh, turn up and they're spectacular to see some of these very very large uh, crews ships. And talking of tourists and holiday destinations and places to go, if you come to this country are you planning a staycation? The UNESCO World Heritage Site, the wonderful Skellig Michael in Kerry, will be back open to visitors from next month. Skellig Michael which of course is that wonderful island. It's close to Port McGee, it's close to Valentia, Balan Skelligs and derinan Harbour and of course it became really world famous when it became the backdrop to some of the Star Wars movies, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Well, for this season, the island will welcome visitors from Saturday, the 13th of May. The Office Office of Public Works, they manage the site. Uh, They say, um, as always, access will be dependent on favourable weather, sea and island conditions. And I know people have been disappointed in the past. They've booked to go to Skellig Michael and then the weather's just not right and they couldn't get people out there. Patrick O'Donovan is the junior minister at the OPW and he says Skellig Michael's is one of Ireland's most iconic heritage sites and it plays an important role in the local tourism uh, economy. So if you are planning on visiting the wonderful Skellig Michael, all Visitors are encouraged to view Skellig Michael's safety video prior. To booking a visit on the island just to get an idea of what you can expect and then of course advanced booking is essential and all details can be found on heritageisland.ie and I have a really good piece that I want to play for you um, from Sister Stan in a moment on a recent uh, visit to Cork but before I do the Peter uh, Father Peter McVeary, the wonderful Father Peter Mcvery he was speaking earlier on uh, national uh, radio uh, worrying to hear you know, Peter Mcvery. Who's been a housing campaigner in this country now for for many, many decades, not even years? he's warned a tsunami of misery is coming down uh, the road because he said thousands of people are literally going to be faced with eviction, and he's saying there's nowhere for them to go. He said we're talking about tens of thousands of people who are going to be and this is a direct quote from Father Peter mcvery pulled out of their homes at a time when emergency homeless accommodation is absolutely packed. He said emergency accommodation is nearly full to capacity while hotel accommodation is also uh, unavailable. He says that a drip feed of heart-wrenching stories are now going to start making their way into the media in the coming months, and you can see that already almost on a daily basis we're featuring somebody here on our news uh, service telling a story. We've had some of those heartbreaking stories on this programme and certainly every day that I open up the newspaper there's someone else sharing a story of they have nowhere to go and how afraid they are and how afraid they are for their for their family and particularly those that have got children. Father Peter McVary said the decision by the government to lift the eviction ban, he reckons, is the worst decision that this government has taken in its lifetime. And he said it's going to cause untold Misery. He says he can't produce the evidence to prove that the Taoiseach overruled the Minister for Housing, Darrell O'Brien, who wanted to extend the eviction ban. It was yesterday for the Peter McVary. I think he was speaking on uh, Southeast uh, Radio. He said that he had heard that the Taoiseach, that Darrell O'Brien wanted to extend the eviction ban, but that the Taoiseach had over, overruled it. Uh, now, the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar has denied that that happened and said he didn't overrule Dara O'Brien. Before the Peter McVeary is standing by his story. He says he just can't reveal his uh, uh, source. But Leo Varadkar says that claim is 100% untrue and there is zero evidence to support that Leo Varadkar said it. Leo Varadkar said that Dara O'Brien, Minister for Housing, put three options before the coalition uh, leaders and he recommended one option, which was that we should not continue with the temporary winter eviction ban for the reasons he explained. And he said that's the 100% truth of it. Father Peter McVerry described the spat as a distraction from the greater issue of the eviction ban and the homeless crisis. And he said he had supported Dara O'Brien but that his targets are not ambitious enough and the pace of delivery of these houses is simply too slow. Father McVary said the government's tenant in situ scheme that I was speaking about in the last hour, he said that's ring-fenced with a lot of conditions and that he's already heard of one council, for example, that refused to purchase a home because the house had three bedrooms in it and the family living in it only needed two bedrooms. Oh, isn't that just crazy? He said this is not the time for ticking boxes. He said this is a crisis unlike any other crisis we've seen for a long time. And he said we require everyone to come together and to treat it like a uh, crisis. And I do, I do think that tenant in situ uh, scheme, something really something more needs to be done about that because on paper, that tenant in situ scheme seems ideal. There's somebody living in a house. They're on a HAP payment. The landlord gives notice to quit because they want to sell. The fact that the person's on a HAP Payment It means the council can move in and buy it. And yet, if you look all over the country, there's been very few houses bought under the tenant in situ scheme. I only mentioned earlier in Cork City, only three have been bought so far. And I think in some councils around the country, they've bought none under the tenant in situ scheme. So that needs to be looked at again. And then Sister Stan, the wonderful Sister Stanislaus uh, Kennedy, who, of course, founded uh, Focus, Focus Ireland and their housing association she was in Cork because the vacant commercial premises in Cork City has been transformed into 16 homes the apartments are on Grand Parade which has been derelict above ground level it will now house people on Cork City and Council's Cork City and Cork County Council's housing waiting list and Focus Ireland sister organisation approved housing body Focus Housing Association delivered the homes so our news reporter Mairead Tuig went along to meet Sister Stan of Focus Ireland who spoke at the opening of these units but she also took time out to talk to Mairead on how derelict properties should be used more and could be used more for housing purposes. You know the fact
1: that there are derelict properties and derelict sites and there are not used and this is a wonderful example of what could be done and what has been done and I hope to be taken up by many more.
2: So the big question is the the evictions ban being lifted. What are your your
1: thoughts on that? Well, I think it's the wrong time to do it. I think there should have been a spell of time given another spell of time in order to ensure that there's proper preparation for it in the sense that there's more accommodation uh, and more housing that is planned and implemented because it would mean hundreds of people will be homeless. It doesn't mean that a ban... Uh, on eviction is the answer to the crisis. It's not the answer, but in the short term, while we're getting, preparing to to ensure that people don't end up homeless, I think it's important that it's not lifted, but it is now, and we have to do the best we can.
2: And did you have a, a discussion with the Tornish Day here today about that decision? And
1: we did, we yeah. did, and he, he was explaining to us about the difficulties they have about it, and he said they have a very good plan which will come into operation, which won't come, unfortunately won't come into operation immediately, it won't come into operation until probably October, but he says they have a very good plan which will ensure that people don't end up homeless they will go to every agency they will go to all of us and we'll all do the best we can to put them wherever we can but that's all they can do is go around and look for places and uh, it's really going to be very hard um, because, because there aren't places it's simple as that um, and um, I suppose we're hoping for the best and we'll certainly do the best we can to look for places places everywhere to ensure that nobody nobody's on the street and particularly that no families are on the street. I remember years ago when I was starting I went to I went to France, I went to Paris to look I went around, you know, to look at places to see what was happening. And I remember seeing families homeless. And I remember getting the shock of my life. I couldn't believe it was bad enough to have a situation in Ireland. Families homeless. And here we are now with families homeless. So it's just sad. Very sad, already there are people there are people scared and saying, "What will I do?" Several people are coming saying that but they haven't got it yet, but of course they will come, of course, they go everywhere. We have to be prepared for people to to to, to come to us and it is it, it is a terrible thing for for people to find themselves homeless. I always think about homelessness. I think it's the, it's the deepest desire in everybody's heart but we don't think about it because if we have a home, we we don't we take it for granted. But it's only when you don't have a home or when you see people without a home that you see how, how terrible it is. It is. It is an, an, one of the worst things that can happen to people is to be left without a home, home. So there certainly are people who are very frightened at the moment, but they will be more frightened when they get their eviction. Mm-hmm. I suppose there has been Good and bad, you know, during the years. But um, this is the worst in 40 years. I think say That, without question, in all my 40 years, there's I've experienced nothing like this. So it's 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 awful. It's saddening, and as I said, it is it's angering. It really makes you angry. But you have to have hope. And as I said inside you know that that hope has two daughters anger anger and courage so we need the anger to do something about something but if we ha- if we have the courage to do it that will give hope housing is a crisis and i I certainly would 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 like to see an all party approach I I don't see any much benefit in what's happening now. You know, it's tit for tat. But that's the way it is. That's the way it is. I, we must just keep trying and keep saying it and keep doing what we can.
2: What a wise, wise woman, is Sister Stanislaus uh, Kennedy, and thanks to our news reporter, uh, Mairead uh, Tuig for speaking with Sister Stan on her recent visit uh, to Cork. And she's right. We need to stop this tit for tat and one picking on the other side and the opposition having to go at the government and the government having to go at the opposition. We need everybody singing from the one hymn sheet in order to solve this housing crisis. Because to hear somebody like Sister Stan say in her 40 years working as a homeless campaigner, she has never seen it so so bad. I mean if you think about it at the start of uh, Covid uh, all of the parties came together and there was a very united front to get us through the pandemic and particularly those early days of the pandemic when everybody was so scared and none of us quite understood what the coronavirus was going to be like and you know we were all very very fearful about it and there was very much it felt like there was very much a united front by all of our elected representatives so it's Similar to that, we need to, the point scoring to stop and everybody to sit around a table and come up with a solution to stop this, as Peter, Father Peter McVeary said, a tsunami of people finding themselves uh, homeless. 0818 uh, 103 103. You can stop texting us on our competition for the Racing Home for Easter Festival because our 10 minutes were up. And yes, I did play the sound effect right after the opening song. So we'll get John Paul to select our winner. Uh, for today and we'll announce that in just a moment and I'm also going to get John Paul to check because somebody when I mentioned the wonderful Skellig Michael that prompted somebody to say about Jersey Island is the Jersey Island cable car back up and running and I don't know it's a simple answer so I'm going to get Paul to check into that and see if we can get an answer for you for that as well The C103 Cork Diary
0: With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing community and business supports all across the county see CorkCoco.ie
2: The New Market Daffodil Day Committee would like to thank everybody who helped them out on Daffodil Day in the town 5,170 euro was raised and of course that will all go towards cancer support for sufferers and for their families. So well done. And indeed, well done to the committee uh, in Newmarket and indeed all of the committees all over the city and county who work so hard to raise money on Daffodil Day. The closing date for entries for the Young Voices Art Competition, organised by Ballyhowery Development, is Sunday, the 30th of April. You can check out ballyhowerydevelopment.com for further details of the age categories and the themes. Shambhali Moore Bingo is on tonight in Shambhali Moor Community Centre Jackpot 1,345 calls or less everyone is welcome and the organisers very much value your support the Bantry Memory Cafe will be held tomorrow Wednesday the 5th of April from 11am to 1pm now it's in the library in the Maritime Hotel in Bantry this free cafe provides a warm welcoming place for people to meet others also living with dementia, cognitive impairment and a chance to meet with their family and friends. And Annam Cara will also meet tomorrow, Wednesday, 7.15 in the Clayton Silver Springs Hotel. They welcome all bereaved parents in the Cork area and surrounds, regardless of your child's age or circumstances of death. For more information, you can call 85 2 Triple H or you can email info at Court today
0: on C103 With Corrigan Insurance's is McCroom now part of McCarthy Insurance Group Want great advice? You know who to talk to Cmig.ie
2: And our Racing Home for Easter Festival at Maddow Racecourse our winner for today is Stephanie O'Sullivan of the Old Yall Road Congratulations to you Stephanie you've picked up a pair of tickets to go racing on Easter Sunday it is is a three-day racing event at the Cork Racecourse. There's live music. Sunday is the big day for the ladies because it's the most stylish lady event on Easter Sunday. And then Monday, it's all about the family because they've got a family fun race day on Easter Sunday. So if you want to bring the children along, there will be plenty of children's entertainment. We have daily prizes of tickets for two that Stephanie has just won a pair of. But Stephanie now also has a chance to get her... Daily prize upgraded because we'll upgrade one of our daily winners on Friday, which will include dinner for two in the restaurant at the race course on Easter Sunday. So you will get admission into the race course, your race card, a reserved table in the restaurant four course meal. And then at the end of the day, bring your overnight bag with you because we are sending you to Springford Hall Country House Hotel, located just 10 minutes from the uh, race course. That's the Racing Home for Easter Festival. We'll do it all over again tomorrow. And once again, this is what you'll be listening out for. And they're off... That will be your cue to text R2 to WhatsApp to 0862103103. And if you want to purchase tickets in advance, it's a three-day event, Saturday, Sunday and Monday of next weekend, corkracecourse.ie. Some of your thoughts and comments coming in to us. John in Cove, this is listening to Sister Stan and heard me mention about Father Peter McVerry, another man who works with homeless. I mean, just hear, hear people like... Sister Stan and Father Peter McVeary being so worried and never seeing as bad as it is now. That makes me really fearful when they are so worried. John in Cove says coming up to the Easter weekend, there'll be lots of commemorations going on, remembering the Easter uh, rising and all the politicians will be out talking and talking about how great the people were at that time. But yet have our government forgotten that by passing an eviction ban, that the Irish of today are struggling so much. Have they forgotten how far we've come in this country and look what is happening uh, to people? 0818 103 103. Some of your other calls and comments coming in. Hi, Patricia. Just heard the interview regarding Kielbeg Pier. This is the Pier in Union Hall that we spoke about last in the last hour. It is ridiculous that the council are spending money to close down the pier rather than putting money into fixing it. Closing it down will still result in the pier falling into further disrepair. So the problem isn't going to go away. The money should be used to start the upgrade and the and work with other state agencies, which would go on then to promote water activities and tourism in Ireland. It is very narrow minded just closing off the pier. Uh, rather than repairing an amenity which is valuable to the local community, both from a pleasure and a commercial purpose. Yeah, and also very valuable to tourists and people who enjoy spending time in West Cork and spending time around uh, Union Hall. Thank you for your text. On health cover, we spoke with Dermot Good in the last hour. Marcy in West Cork says, Patricia, whenever I hear of health insurance going up, I think, shouldn't there be some kind of reductions for health insurance clients who were very proactive about their health. People, for example, who regularly go and get their bloods checked, getting their heart checked out either by ultrasound or ECG. People go regularly and have one year checkups, almost having like a an MOT done on themselves. People who go for blood pressure, stool checked every couple of years just for peace of mind. And uh, should they not be offered reductions in their premiums? There are so many tests out there at the end of the day and we all know that prevention is better than cure. Wouldn't it be great if health insurance companies started to look at it that way? If would indeed. Thank you for your text, uh, Mossy. And actually, when I was speaking with uh, Derma Good of Total Health Cover.ie, Anne says, Trish, I used the services. Of uh, Dermot Good, and he's absolutely brilliant, and it was the best value that I got, and I got the best quote for a very fair fee. So Anne would highly recommend Dermot Good of Total Health uh, Cover Thank you for that, and it's good because I, what I mean, I always we all we speak with Dermot very regularly on the program, and we always get people because he'll always encourage people to go away and you know if you want to do the do the work yourself and get new quotes, and we inevitably will get somebody to say saved money uh, we typically get a call in to say, I was listening to your programme and I persuaded my parents who've been with the one plan and with the pla- one plan for many years. I persuaded them to change. I did the work further when I saved my parents, uh, particularly people who haven't changed in many years. There's a lot of money to be saved on the premiums. So thank you for that. Now, D- Diane and Kerry has been back on to us. I did mention this yesterday, but it was towards the close of the programme and we didn't get any call back on it. Diane was on to us. She has a thread mill that isn't working and she's looking for somebody to repair it she's tried around Kerry where she lives can't find anyone she's willing to travel to Cork Archie Limerick because she has a van so she would be able to transport the treadmill to anyone who could fix it does anybody know where Diane and Kerry can go to get a treadmill working again Uh, because she she needs it for weight loss and she had been using it at one stage and um, but then stopped using it and when she went to back use, use it again it isn't working so can anybody point us in the direction of where we can send Diane as I say she's go to Cork or to Limerick somewhere where you can get a home thread mill replaced, uh, not replaced, repaired she wants to get it repaired and I was saying it's important to get items like that repaired rather than just replacing it and some of those items can be quite costly so I think it is worth her while uh, certainly seeing if she can get somebody to fix and it's probably something very very small uh, wrong with it and then Ria in Skibereen says Patricia when we're talking about housing and when we had Sister Stan you know, talking about the derelict properties and they've brought this derelict property back here in Cork, her housing organisation and Sixteen people will be housed there, which is fantastic. And Sister Stan is saying that's what we need to do. We need to look more at derelict properties and we've derelict properties all over the city and county. We have them in every county town, in every county village, certainly in the centres of the town, the centres of the villages. And, you know, if we could get them back into life again and get people back living in them again, it it revitalises the towns and the the villages as well as the cities, because nobody wants to live near derelict properties. And I always feel for people who have to live beside a derelict property. So she's reckoned there's a land bank there that we could be using. But Ria is pointing out another problem that we have when it comes to our housing uh, crisis. It is the planning laws that need to be reformed in this country, Patricia, says uh, Ria. A friend of mine has a plot of land that they have for years and they now wish to downsize from their existing property and build a smaller dwelling on this land that they own. Permission refused as the plot is just outside their town's land. Outdated laws. Myself, I'm wishing to downsize and move closer and build on my son's farm. Small, just a small dwelling is all I'm looking for. Permission refused, as we already have our own property. We're an elderly couple. We will need care. So this would not only free up our property, but it would save the government paying for care services because we would be living close to my son and his family and he would be able to keep an eye on us. Outdated laws need reforming. Yeah, How often do you hear about planning and people tearing their hair out, trying to get planning permission and they get turned down for what many people feel are the most silliest of uh, reasons? Thank you for your text, React to 0862-103-0103.
0: Court Today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. dot A
2: couple of uh, quick texts in and Michael says, Hi Patricia, I was listening to you talk about Father Peter McVary and also heard the interview that Mairead did with uh, Sister Stanislaus Kennedy talking about what is coming with this tsunami of homelessness, our ancestors who fought for our freedom and to stopping of evictions which are so sad and we remember all of those from our history. I feel the Taoiseach's response is completely tone deaf. He simply doesn't understand or get it. I completely agree that political parties need to put all their differences aside and get around a table and deal with what is a nightmare for people and for families. I really suggest we look again at bringing town centres to the fore and bringing empty shop premises and the overhead accommodation where many people lived in those houses for many many years bring all of those to the table also the fact that no council applied for more staff to look at vacant properties these were the the vacant homes officers that really does say a lot says uh, Michael yeah and that's exactly what Sister Stan's group did they looked at a vacant commercial premises in Cork City and have now transformed it into 14 homes there are apartments or 16 homes so 16 people will be taken from the housing list in Cork City Council and Cork County Council And going into this, what was a vacant commercial premises. So yes there are solutions there for uh, sure. Somebody else says "Uh, Patricia delighted to hear about unused properties and what Sister Stan's group has done and yes you're right there's lots of them dotted all over the country and if compulsory purchase is made for those unused houses it would be marvellous because you would also integrate families which would be great for the existing communities. Okay thank you for that and Diane and Kerry is looking to get her thread mill fixed. It's not working. Somebody said Stone Gym Solutions. They're on the Kinsale Road Roundabout. They're by Smiths. They fix gym equipment. So they should be able to look after Diane's at thread mill. So, Diane, if you look up a telephone number for Stone Gym Solutions on the Kinsale Road Give them a ring first, just to make sure that they can sort you out. But hopefully, you'll get on uh, okay there. And hi, Patricia. Just to let you know, the cable car in Dursey that somebody was asking about hasn't been sorted yet. Somebody said big bodies move very slowly in Cork County. Okay, we'll keep a close eye on that. And as soon as we hear that the cable car is back up and running, we will bring you the information.
0: You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
2: Joe Heffernan uh, joining me. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon, Patricia. And, and you're very welcome. Okay, young people, schoolgoers, and college students, we've already actually been talking at the moment. There is a lot of the oral exams uh, going on. Mm. Ken on the Breakfast Show has even talked about his daughter, Caitlin. Bless her heart, on Sunday, she had to go into school and do her oral Irish. And I think that's got a lot to mm. do with they're finding it difficult to find the teachers to go around to do those oral exams. So they're working mm. Saturday and Sunday now. Uh, as as well so the leaving search very much looming and we know we were talking about the susie grants and having to apply for the susie grants so the exams are hovering they're very much on the market so you want to just give some points and tips when it comes to exams
7: well yeah um it's about now that uh the exams uh as you say are looming and uh I didn't realize that people were doing their oral exams on a Sunday, but there you are. And, um, yeah, so it's it's coming onto the agenda, and uh, it's kind of moving on to imminent as against out there in the future. Um, so um, I was reading some stuff there. Um, uh, Well, for a start, anyway, all the COVID things, um, I mean, uh, God love them, the students at the moment and those that were affected by that, um, it hasn't made it easy. I mean, it was always difficult, but um, in the present, well, in the recent past climate, anyway, it was... um, you're a very difficult They're father. pretty,
2: yeah, young people. I mean, I, I know we do, we, we obviously put a lot of focus on what happened in nursing homes and in hospitals, which is only right. But sometimes I think young people can be forgotten about. And young people, because of the nature of their age and socialising, taking that socialising away from them, can and has had a detrimental effect on some of them.
7: It has. And the, 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 the simply, the, um, the, the remote learning, as it became known, um, the, you know, that, that um, instead of going into school and, and meeting the friends and, uh, you know, all of the, the normal socializing that went with going to school or going to college uh, was gone, and people were in bedrooms with a laptop, and, um, uh, you know, it wasn't ideal. so. Uh, we come then to the current. And um, again, I don't think it helps, but maybe it will eventually. Maybe it's all a good idea. There's, you know, a bit up in the air about maybe bringing some of the exam into fifth year instead of sixth year. Um, uh, They're especially talking about the comprehension and essay parts, I think, of Of English English, and Irish. And that, you know... That's another unknown. And, and the more unknowns that you have, the more stress is attached. Um, it's a granting rate like, to know exactly your road ahead, um, uh, w- which would help. Um, I was looking this morning at um, a website called studyclix.ie. S-T-U-D-Y-C-L-I-X. No, that's an unusual spelling but studyclicks.ie, and um, they seem to have quite a bit of helpful stuff. I, I'm just throwing it out there, so as that people might make a note of it, and uh, that might be something that would help. But you know, you can't beat the um, the 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 right atmosphere at home, and a bit of study and a bit of planning which is what we will maybe say a few words about yeah, and
2: the and parents. I, OK, and, and I mean, I'm very conscious that the young people are all off on their, at their yeah. Easter holidays and, you know, I was only talking actually at the weekend I was at a family event and I was talking to uh, one of my young nieces who was heading into, she's in Leaving Cert uh, class and I was saying, you know, one of, to me, I always remember hearing it from a teacher that one of the, the keys to, to study for the Leaving Cert is to study during the Easter holidays and it's the last thing you want to do you know you've you, you've had this you've gone back after the Christmas you've done your most of them have done their prees at this stage the orals are on and you said, oh I've got two weeks to take time off but if you could stay focused and spend some time studying during the Easter holidays
7: Yeah and to remember that the summer is coming and that um you know there will be there will be great old times with good weather coming in the summer when the whole leaving such scenario is behind one, so there there is that. So maybe maybe get stuck in now would be the thing. And for parents, you know, to encourage students and um and to understand that they need a bit of time out as well. That it can't be all study, 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 um, and that the students would know that they uh, that they are unconditionally loved, and that whether they get whether they get 40% or 90% in, in the leaving cert, that they'll still be a loved son or daughter, and that it won't be depending on how they do in the leaving cert. Um, but a certain amount of bit of stress isn't bad either. Um, you know, it's what gets us up in the morning, it's what gets us um, uh, going for the day. So um, Yeah, and I think so, it's, it's, yeah. to, it's
2: to try and, as uh, you, you say, it's, it's to encourage and praise is, is so important. And I always think try to keep the house as calm as possible, which isn't, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of this two weeks, the Easter holidays. If there's younger siblings, they're all, yeah. they, they're all off school, delighted with themselves and they're full of the joys of spring. And if you have the Leaving Cert student who's in the bedroom trying to study, it's to try and make sure that the younger, the other siblings are aware that yeah. you know, Johnny or Mary yeah. needs a bit to, of quiet time.
7: Uh, as they say, keep it down a bit, um, so there's a, that they're left to do their bit of study undisturbed. And um, uh, you know, the, the odd the odd offer of a cup of tea, the, the, the odd bit of encouragement, uh, the odd bit of it's great to see you doing a bit of work, and um, and to encourage that as well. That uh, that one would, um, you know get out for the old walk or whatever, or um, meet up with a friend, um, you know, so that it isn't 110% study, study, study. Um, so, um, you know, to kind of stay positive. And if the parent is uh, nice and relaxed than that, well, that's going to, um, uh, that kind of atmosphere will help in the house too, um, so that everyone isn't, as we'll call it, uptight and uh, and worrying about the leaving stuff. Now, it's only normal and natural to be a bit worried about it, um, so that, like, uh, any student who was listening, um, you know, uh, it isn't kind of, I should be relaxed and all that. Uh, I'm, I'm as relaxed as I can be at the moment, and um, the more relaxed I am, the better, but I mean... You know that one can be gentle with with oneself. And yeah, and, and for the
2: and for the mom and dad, um, because you say it can be a fraught at time, and you know hormones are at a certain level at that age yeah. as well, and you can get almost attacked nearly by a son or daughter. Uh, not to take things personally if if somebody gets very snappy with you about something.
7: Absolutely, to understand um, that the 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 particular student. Um, uh is under under pressure and um and sometimes um one can be a bit snappy when it isn't really intended uh personally so not to take it personally but to you know to have a, a certain level of understanding that um yeah that it isn't exactly a relaxed time for anyone in the house in a way, but at the same time there's a level which is kind of um healthy and there's a level over which um, is unhealthy and, uh, and 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 needs to kind of take a breath. Okay, you and know? you,
2: I know over the years when we've spoken and, and discussed this topic before, you're a big fan of, of, like, structured study, breaking down each subject almost into bite-sized pieces.
7: Absolutely, absolutely. It's nearly like, you know, reduce, uh, recycle, but instead of recycle, it's, reduce and um, make manageable. Um, Yeah, I remember getting that advice way, 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 way back about 100 years ago in my own leaving self to kind of, um, you know, to reduce things down, that instead of reading chapters one and two of a book, um, to kind of make bullet points of uh, each uh, topic, and, um, and, and, and that that's there then for revision. So that when it comes to very near the exam that uh, the the larger textbooks are closed and the the study cards the the reduced um uh, bullet points as it were are, are are there and um and to have a timetable um you know to give each subject it's um uh, and a lot of time um. I remember I, I got um, I got all kinds of grinds and mats for my leaving cert and I, I with all the grinds and the whole lot I still got forty one percent on the past paper. It wasn't my strong point at all. Um but you know, um I, I kinda scrolled through on that subject and um the other ones then went um, you know, fairly well. Um so to kind of know where are the strong points, where are the weak points, where a couple of questions maybe need to be asked. Um, uh, You know, um, I'm talking to one or two young people, and they would say to me that um, uh, I emailed the teacher the other day, and I thought, isn't that great Mm. that, um, you know, that they can pop off an email with a question about A, B, or C. And... um, you know, that wasn't available um back then. Um you either met the teacher concerned or you didn't. And if you didn't, you didn't get to ask your questions, you yeah, know. Yeah,
2: you missed out. You missed out. Okay, and mm. then for the parent, back it all up with as as you say, as peaceful a house as possible, but you know, good diet, make sure that they're they're getting yeah, the meals that they need to eat but encourage them to take some exercise and encourage them to try and take time out and they need to relax as well it can't all be about study
7: No, no and the, the students will probably be rather surprised um, when a parent would say come here, why don't you take a bit of time out and give Jack, Jim, Mary, Kate there uh, a ring and uh, maybe go for an old walk with them if it's convenient um, and uh, that will probably raise a few eyebrows But it's very, very necessary. Um, As you say, Patricia, and you say absolutely correctly, it can't be all 110% study. Um, We're not built that way. And um, uh, also, um, you know, when it comes to jotting down the few um, bullet points, we might find that if we've overdone the, uh, the amount of study in the previous hour or so, that there isn't much after getting through. So yeah, we, we need to use the head like in in in, in many ways, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I know people are thinking about, you know, college and college courses and and, and all of that. And again, a piece of advice that Roisin Kelleher, our career guidance teacher, uh, our career guidance expert on the programme gives every year is to make sure that the course somebody's applying for, that it is the right course. Because I think it's nearly, I I don't know, I think it is as high as 40 percent, you know, 40 percent of dropouts every year during first year because somebody takes on a course Oh, I didn't realise that that's what the course was. That wasn't what I wanted to yeah, do. and you yeah. can and you can waste a year. Then
7: you can indeed. I did. Uh, I did seven years um, uh, student counselling in UCC in on College Road, the Student Health Centre. Yeah. And um, the amount of students that arrived in around Christmas time, you know, before the Christmas break and after it. Who would have said um, I'm not, uh, this course is completely different to what I um, thought it was uh, going to be. Envisaged, yeah. 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 Especially, um, uh, no, I, I won't mention any particular course, I don't no, think no, it no. would be yeah, fair. Yeah. But, um, you know, people who had um, a completely different view of what the course was going to be and um, uh, what, what I would say to somebody considering what what do I intend to study if I intend to go on and study uh, at third level and not everyone does and you know that's a good idea too um but um to maybe ask someone who's finishing up first year um Great advice. Uh, what, what what kind of uh, you know what went on and um and
2: find out exactly what that course is about yeah yeah good advice yeah. good advice okay we leave it there listen have a wonderful Easter. don't eat too much chocolate. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, or maybe do. Or maybe do. And uh, we'll talk to you again next Tuesday, Joe. Thanks okay. for that. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Joe Heffernan. He runs a counselling practice in Bohopwee. His number is 086-834-8145. Peter Dowder will be joining us tomorrow answering your gardening questions. But just to let you know, he's going to be doing a walk and talk in Photo Wildlife Park at half past one tomorrow, showing the connectivity between wildlife and animals. He's running his Connecting Plants and Nature workshop to show what you can do in your own garden. To uh, help the cycle of biodiversity. And the workshop is free, but spaces are limited. you got to book via the FOTA website. So that's where I leave you for today. Talk to you tomorrow time. 10. Court
0: today on C103 with Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers.